Argento, the creator of such bone-chilling classics as Suspiria and Demons, comes a new dimension in terror. A supernatural thriller cinefantastique called Beautifully Crafted in the Best Horror Movie Tradition. Beyond the grave lies an evil too powerful to destroy. a prayer in the church. Jolien. Here, have a bug. Your aim is terrible, man. Oh, lordy. Hey, listeners. Welcome to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. This is that podcast about horror movies, and we spoil them, and uh, you've been warned. You think the devil did it in this one? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> well, actually, I think we see the devil do it. Literally. Yeah, I don't know. It might be a lower demon, I don't know. I didn't hear it settled in court yet, so... Hey, thanks to the Moonrays. He moon allegedly rays. did it. <laughs> allegedly. Thank you to the Moonrays for giving us that intro Creature Features song at the top of the show. It's still playing behind us right now. It's to that one part. Yeah, I can yeah. hear it. Yep. Hold up, I love this next bit. Yeah. It's nice, isn't it? No, no, not that one. Wait. Oh, I don't think it's this song at all. Okay, well, we'll never mind. We'll play Little Green Men for you sometime. Um, Jolien, what have you watched since we did this thing the last? Hello. (laughs) That's Jolien, and that's Will, and I'm Richard. In case you were wondering. Hello. Hello, Finland. Well, uh, uh, Emily's away. So, which means I've been going crazy, you know. <laughs> All right, <laughs> been complete rock and roll, drawing Gumby, drawing Gumby, and uh, and you know, watching movies that wives don't like to watch, <laughs> i.e., depressing European movies in the late 60s. Ah, uh, any, any uh, particular ones you want to tell us about? Uh, last night I watched uh, Hour of the Wolf. 1968. Hour of the Wolf. Fuck, Timon. It's a hmm. Ingmar Bergman movie. Okay, so upbeat. Oh, yeah. There's no wolfmen in it, is there? <laughs> or any hour. Or the Hour of the Wolf is the last hour of the night before dawn when there's the most births and deaths. Oh. And you lay awake in despair. Hmm. So it's, so it's as usual, uh, you know, shot by Sven Nickvist. Max von Sydow, Liv oh. Ullmann. Uh, 
it's just under 90 minutes but it feels really long it kicks right off with her doing a monologue straight into camera about you know, her, her painter husband having disappeared on this island hmm. and then it kind of rewinds you're watching what she's told you for a bit wow <laughs> way before all, me- memento uh, yeah arrive on the island and uh, and he, he's having a he's a painter who's having a crisis, and uh, her her whole notion is that uh, if people are together long enough, they start taking on each other's personalities and even appearance, and uh, and he's he's just he's obviously cracking up, and so she's kind of absorbing some of his madness. Hmm. So in the first half. She gets these kind of prosaic visions, like people turn up who shouldn't be there, and like this woman turns up and dressed in this like fancy dress as if she's going to a horse race or something, and and uh, she says like she's two hundred and sixteen years old, and and uh, and then kind of disappears, and then 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 halfway through you get the title comes up again, and then it gets really weird. Uh, you know, we were, we were talking recently about how uh, movies don't do dreams properly. I think when we were doing yeah. Elm Street, yeah, 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 this film does them really nicely because there's there's no big there's some special effects, but uh, it's all pretty. It's prosaic, <clears throat> and suddenly something really weird happens. Yeah, uh, like he follows a guy into a room, and the and then the guy keeps walking and goes up the wall and across the ceiling. Yes, yeah. And he says, uh, "It's just my." paranoia or something like that <laughs> of course and then there's a there's a famous bit with, uh, this woman takes her own eyes out and puts them in a couple of wine glasses wow but it gets very dark very dark in in several ways um how does yeah. the how does the mood of this compare to like the virgin spring because you mentioned max earlier so i'm thinking yeah virgin spring yeah, that's more kind of mythic, and his, his medieval ones tend to be more mythical. And, yeah. Um, yeah, Virgin Spring felt it didn't feel as long. Right. It felt more epic, but um, yeah, this this one's um, very intimate, very dark. Um, Man, those Europeans, <clears throat> huh? Yeah, and I was I also watched uh, Shonen. Um, which is Boy from 1969, which is a Nagisa Oshima movie. He did um, Empire of the Senses. Hmm. Don't know that one. Um, well, he, he's like one of the Japanese new wave of the 60s. Okay. And uh, Shonen's based on this actual case where this family, um, the, the wife and then the 10-year-old kid, wait by the side of a road and then when they see a likely car coming they like throw themselves at the side of the car and then they they gather and they make a big fuss and then they uh the the drivers decides to settle out of court gives them a bunch of money to shut up and go away Mm -hmm. and then they move on so they like they travel around the country doing this okay and uh and eventually they end up going as far north as you can go i.e where i used to live Oh, okay. Which is uh, really unusual to see on film. I don't think we've ever seen Wakanai on film before. Um, we also go through Sapporo, where I lived for a couple of years. But um, yeah, that one that one's pretty depressing too. <laughs> 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 but very you know, stylishly done. It's really good. 
you're gonna be ready for her to come back man <laughs> <laughs> and i've also because i've been uh the gumby story i've been working on he he gets mixed up with a bunch of punks <laughs> and um so so to set the mood when i'm drawing i i, I just i just uh stack all my punk music together and play that all day long <laughs> it's a great plan so yeah that's, that's been fun but um yeah today i got um the tammy show on dvd i don't know that i don't one. know that tammy show is like a teenage music show from the 60s hmm. uh it's it's awesome it's like hosted by jan and dean and they and they'll say oh uh next up is such and such next up and such and such and they're all legends you know it's like start off with chuck berry Oh okay, <laughs> wow. Uh, James James <clears throat> Brown in it, uh, the Supremes, the Rolling Stones, Beach Boys, you know it's just incredible. Um, and it, it's got one of those sixties audiences where it is just infested with the tingler because like it's just this constant <laughs> scream wall of screaming all the time. Uh, I don't know how much of that was tape, but it's just incredible. Um, yeah. Uh, also saw Ben with the rat yeah yeah you've heard this one with the Michael Jackson soundtrack yeah that was his first number one yeah uh, yeah he just does the song at the end and then the the, the kid in it who's uh, who's oh, I forgot his name uh, Lee Montgomery uh, he, he plays the, the kid in it who befriends Ben uh, he in the film he composes the song so he performs it like three times Wow. A couple of times in his harmonica. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. I'd, I'd seen Willard a long time ago. Yeah. Which one do you like better? I think Willard. Yeah. And that's a mind eraser for me because I don't remember anything about either one of them except there were a bunch of rats in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And a Michael Jackson song. Yeah. This, this one gets the action quicker. Uh, you get you get some rat attacks pretty early on. They they attack a policeman and there's some animated rats jumping on him. Hmm. Um, it's got Kenneth Toby in it as one of the. Uh, he's this sewer engineer. But uh, he drives yeah, the train through the sewer. These, these <laughs> rat movies were uh, from Bing Crosby Productions. <laughs> uh, they they did a few horror movies. And Lee Montgomery is also the kid in um, Burnt Offerings. Have you seen that one? Oh, yeah. It's Oliver Reed and Karen Black, I think. I don't think I've ever seen that. They move into this house. Have I seen this one? And there were traces of Satanism left behind? Oh, there's definitely spooky stuff going on. Um, I remember the first time I saw it, it was on TV, and it was on the 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 commercial station. Yeah. And I was just so scared. I was really glad when the adverts came out. <laughs> okay, breathe, breathe. The second time I saw it, you know, just as a video or something, uh, it was nowhere near as effective. But uh. yeah, when I saw it as a kid, that was terrifying. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. There's, there's a weird thing down in Ben where they have have this kind of um, the the crowds that turn up at the attack scenes. They just stare. They just stand still and silent, staring at this thing. It's it's kind of weird. I, I like that. If that um, if that were remade today, the whole crowd would be staring but holding up a phone. <laughs> but it's kind of um, 
yeah, you get this kind of creepy feeling after a while of seeing them like, that they're kind of it's you know they're seeing the end of their world or something like that it's it's uh yeah it's quite quite effective um yeah, it's got a kind of tv movie feel overall and it's got that great like early 70s decor oh wow there's yeah. this like attack on a health spa and the health spa is just bright sulfur yellow everywhere you know, excellent carpets excellent. fabric carpets and everything is oh sure and and then the night scenes are just black really dark i mean i i remember when i was when i was a kid like before street lights switched over to what they have now yeah everything was so much darker but um like, yeah no in, in england anyway <clears throat> uh, oh i also saw um a matter of life and death michael powell eric pressburger movie 1946 uh david niven is this pilot who's his plane's going down and he's saying his last words to this this american radio operator and mm. and uh <clears throat> Uh, then something goes wrong and he's washed up on a beach and there's this um, you see visions of heaven mm-hmm. and uh, you know his, his fellow crew turns up and you know all the, the accounts are being down they realise that this guy's missing and something went wrong and he's supposed to have died and uh, so they, they convene this trial to decide whether he should be dead or not and he's in the you know in the in the interim he's he's in love with this woman radio operator Kim, who's played by Kim Hunter who's mm. probably better known to you for playing Zero Planet of the Apes yes um and uh yeah yeah it's, it's really nicely shot it's just one of the great British movies um you know same photographer as some of the other Powell Pressburger movies like Red Shoes and hmm. Black Narcissus and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, Jack Cardiff. Um, yeah, but it's just one of those great 40s afterlife movies. And it may or may not be the afterlife. It may, because he, he has something wrong with his brain and so he might just be having visions. It doesn't <laughs> tell you. It doesn't tell you if he is or not. So even by the end of the movie, you don't know? No. Maybe that's good. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, so anyway, that's what I've watched. How about you, Will? Uh, we finished up Better Call Saul, season three. Good good wrap-up. I, I finished it, too. Good wrap-up. Uh, started Fargo, season three. Uh, Are you liking it so far? I'm liking it so far, but I've only seen the first hour. Have they canceled re- it now? Is I don't it, know. Is it over now? I don't know. I have not heard, but... okay. Uh, if it is, all the seasons are standalone, so okay. they don't. Do they matter. have? Do they have any characters crossover? Um, they did in the first two, but not in this vaguely. Latest. But I've only seen the first one, so I don't know. Oh. They give you like a fifteen-minute intro that's all in Russian, <laughs> set in Russia in like nineteen eighty-eight or something, which. It's the third or fourth show now I've watched that seems to have had some scenes set in Russian. That I've just tuned out. <laughs> like, whatever, Fargo, I don't care. Fair enough. Um, did you watch Wizard of Oz? I did watch Wizard of yeah. Oz. <laughs> it was... The Judy Garland one? Yeah. 
I really enjoy that movie still. That's good. Um, it's always enjoyable. I was surprised. Mm. And the color switch is pretty impressive. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Now, is that over two hours long like I remember it being? Or am I just thinking of it with commercials? With commercials, it's over two hours, I'm sure. And I know where all the commercials go, having (laughs) seen it on commercial television 800,000 times. You're like, oh, there's a commercial right here. The the lion jumps through the window. Commercial. (laughs) Cut to a commercial quick. Keep him in suspense. Yeah. um, Still an entertaining film. Mm -hmm. Yeah. you didn't sync it up with Pink Floyd? I didn't sync it up with anything. I thought about it, but then I was like, well, I don't really have any music anymore. I don't have a turntable or anything, so what am I going to sync it up to? The radio? Just wait to... wait for them to play Dark Side of the Moon in its entirety and hope you start it at the right time. I'm just going to play it on the NPR station, <laughs> see how it syncs up with you know, all things considered or some things considered <laughs> right. or... Fresh air. Um, and that's about it. Hmm. Well, as for me, I finished up The Keepers, which I talked about before. That was about the... Do I have to say he about was... About a creeper? About a creeper murdering a nun. Um, it's pretty clear by the end of it that they figured out who did what. Um, so I'm not going to spoil that since we're not in the business of spoiling things that aren't the subject of the show. Uh, he did it. Oh, it's yeah. I mean, you pretty okay, much we spoiled yeah, it. Yeah, there you pre- we go. You pretty much figured out early on. Um, not my idea, but I did end up watching a mainstream comedy called Why Him, which I thought, well, Brian Cranston's in it. How how bad could it be? Ooh, was it bad? It was. It wasn't great, but it uh, it had a lot of good moments in it where funny things happened and very capable actors did funny things with their talent. Um, the, the writers, <laughs> holy shit, man, you took a long time to walk around to say it was okay. It was okay. It the, was okay. the writers weren't as okay as the actors is what I'm saying. The actors did what they could with the with what lifeless they, material. With the shit they were given. Yeah. <laughs> That's garbage in, it. garbage out. Well, pretty much. I mean, you've got, James, That's the one with James Franco. James Franco. Yeah. And, uh, it's funny, like. It took me a while to figure out who some of the actors were. I'm like, I know you from someplace, but uh, it, it ended up being, you know, worth sitting through. <laughs> There's my glowing review. <laughs> <laughs> it was almost worth sitting through. If you could pause it and get up a couple times. Okay. Uh, I've been pretty busy the last few days, so the only other thing I managed to squeeze in, besides two viewings of the church, which I felt like I really want to know that I didn't miss something here. <laughs> And uh, is it really that weird for a reason in mm-hmm. this p- particular few places? Um, I watched uh, one of those Elvira presentations of Night of the Living Dead mm. because I wasn't tired yet and I couldn't start something that I needed to get invested in. And I've seen Night of the Living Dead so many times. Mm. So it was like, I'll just watch this till I'm nodding off and then I'll shut it off. So I probably got a third of the way through it, um, which you know, I can watch that movie anytime. <laughs> And I could watch Elvira anytime, so that was fun. That being said, yes, I did watch The Church uh, twice. Um, most recently today. There, yes. there are some things about it that that sensitive viewers might find disturbing. 
but maybe not the same things I find disturbing. And I'll talk about those later. But uh, what did you think, Will? Was this the first time you saw this? I believe so. Although bits of it seem familiar. I may have watched this. Uh, I thought this movie was terrible. <laughs> did you? I did not like this movie at all. There were a couple bits that were dream sequences that I thought were kind of neat. Yeah. But, uh, wow. Did you spot Just, Did you spot the obvious setup to look like a Boris Vallejo painting? Um, no, oh. I didn't. I mean... It is absolutely a staged version of the painting where that demon has his arms around the, the nude woman. I don't, I'm not familiar with that one. Oh. I've tried to avoid Boris Balejo's awful art <laughs> as, <laughs> as opposed to, you know, like gouging my eyes out. I really don't like him if you or Julie <laughs> Bell or any of those Frazetta clones that came after the Hildebrandt brothers. They're all god-awful. I said it. No, if you, if you took Vallejo's, like... Rowena? <laughs> crap. If you took, like, three or four of his paintings, and you didn't put them next to all of his other paintings, you might think, oh, well, he's doing something here, and he's pretty good. But there are some, like, his weird, like, hairless bodybuilder dude paintings... Aren't they all hairless bodybuilder dude paintings? Isn't that all he paints? I mean, that's fine if that's your thing, but they look like they all look like fitness models who are ready to go do a fitness model uh, dance off or something. Yeah. Ooh, man, some bad art there. Yeah. Uh, I know this because back in the day, people are like, "Oh, you're into art stuff," and you know, you get a a Vallejo uh, calendar for Christmas. <laughs> And it's like, oh, there's one painting that's really good and 11 of them that you're not really fond of. Yeah, there's not even that one, though, really. Is there? I, I can think of a few off the top of my head. I, I really like, like I like him. You like Vallejo? Yeah, I mean, you can't fault his flesh tones. And uh, uh, you should, if you don't like all the bodybuilding stuff, you should check out his uh, stuff he did for horror covers back in the 70s. All right. Hmm. Very nice. He does render um, uh, flesh tones beautifully, that's for sure. Yeah. And he, has, he has the fittest witches you've ever seen being burned alive. But I think that's my problem with it. Everybody's too fit. They look like <laughs> like they dragged them out of a gym and tied them to a stake. Oh, yeah, he's into bodybuilding and Julie Bell's into bodybuilding. Oh, yeah. That makes a lot of sense then. Um, yeah, I totally tell that from their art. <laughs> so that being said, uh, not to get off the subject, but, uh, the church. Okay, so you hadn't seen it before. You didn't like I it. I don't believe I'd seen it before. Um, I yeah, definitely I, had not. Um, wow. I don't know where they were going with this thing. It just kind of meandered all over the place, and then finally sat down and took a nap. There were there were some plot holes and some meanderings that I that I could say I would rather uh, somebody edited those or or um, like didn't write them in the first place. But other than that, I really liked it. I think there were a lot of problems with editing in this. It feels like whatever movie they made was not the movie they set out to make. Hmm. I don't know if maybe they didn't have a script ready. <laughs> you seen how many writers were in this? Uh, a lot. Yeah. That could be part so, of the problem. <laughs> because there were, there were numerous times where they explained bad editing with the sleight of hand of, ooh, it was a ghost or something spooky. Like, no, wait, that character was already dead. But you had him pop back up. 
later. <laughs> yeah, there were a few things like that. I was kind of like, hey. well, this started out as uh, it's going to be directed by Lamberto Bava, and it was going to be Demons Three. Oh, okay. Which is how I saw it the first time, because a whole bunch of Italian movies released as the Demon series in on video in Japan. Yeah. So this was just Demon Three, and and uh, uh, yeah, so it was going to be Lamberto Bava, and then and the script wasn't quite worked out, and then he couldn't do it for some reason or didn't want to do it and uh and it got dumped on Michele Suave who'd been their assistant oh okay for a few years and, and he, uh, he, he was said, probably pretty young at the time wasn't he oh like, yeah like in his mid-20s yeah I mean he he was working with uh Aristide Massachesi from when he was 22 I think okay and uh yeah he'd, so he'd worked on the he'd he'd been second assistant director on Tenebrae when he was you know, really you know about 20 and uh, he'd, he'd been uh, second unit director on Phenomena I think yeah hmm. so so he got some experience early on yeah and then this was his so he'd done I think he, yeah he did when was it Aquarius that was 87 I think Stage Fright Aquarius have you seen that one mm-mm uh, that's more like um, a giallo when people were in a theatre getting knocked off by someone in an owl mask. Oh, okay. And it's got these, these flourishes of kind of poetic imagery that you sometimes see in the church. And the church isn't a good one for it. If it if it's your first Michele Suave movie, you think, well, what the fuss about this guy? Yeah. But um, <clears throat> it's got some... It looked good. ...touches in there. I'll admit that it looked good. It just story-wise was just right. Yeah, it was, like, it's a mess. Yeah, it's a total mess. Yeah, but, uh, yeah there's things in it like um, I love the um, some of the imagery, like um, when the cross falls through the floor and it, the, it drops into yeah blackness, and there's like shadows in the blackness, and it keeps dropping and dropping. And uh, I love the um, the oh. the wedding veil fluttering out the door. Okay. Um, I really like the lady's dream where the devil or somebody comes to the window. Mm-hmm. And she's like, she drops a glass of milk. And it's only there for a second, whatever it is, yes. licking the window. <laughs> that was pretty cool. That was great, you know, things like that. that they felt dreamlike because mm-hmm. like, like, what the, I didn't even, yeah. you don't even get what a chance <laughs> to really see what that was. Yeah. Um, Things like that were great. I just wish there was something that was holding all these bits up. Yeah, yeah. So that what was that a, a problem of production? Do you know, Julian? No, it was just like he he was given this half-assed, you know, ideas for a film, and he didn't really want to do another demons movie, and he was already thinking about getting out from under Argento and. Right, doing his own thing, so it's you know it's compromised all round. So they're like, you have to throw at least three demons in this, maybe four. <laughs> yeah, and then you know, yeah, you're, you're good to go. You can do other shit, but you have to have at least three or four demons in this. Yeah, so I think it's, there's interesting stuff in it. One's got to be humping you know, what, somebody, the other one's got to be licking up. the glass. <laughs> right. Yeah. Check those off your list and you're good to go. <laughs> We've got this goat costume here. <laughs> you just got to use it somehow. And... Yeah. Yeah, it's a crotchless goat suit, so, you know, go crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Handy for lunch breaks. Yeah, crotchless goat suit. Ah, I saw them down at the lion's lair one time. 
man. They just about tore the place up. Crotchless goat suit. <laughs> so they sold out. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, they have gotten a little commercial. You're you're right. So uh, overall, did you like this the first time you saw it? Yeah, yeah. Have you liked it more I, over when, repeated viewings? I was used to like European horror movies being very weak on logic and story and just throwing out bizarre imagery sometimes so i was pretty satisfied with what i saw and i didn't think it was great yeah i I felt like uh and i really enjoyed it one of the main things i liked about it this being an italian movie it actually had sound and dialogue that seemed to sort of work like a lot of times you'll get italian movies and it's like they're not even trying to get the sound of the room because they know they're going to have to ADR everything. Yeah, they don't even bother. Yeah, they recording. don't. Rec- they don't yeah. record any of the sound. Yeah, they don't bother at all. So you don't have any of the um, the atmospheric sound of whatever space they're in. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when they record, it's clearly not even you, similar. They did do a good job. Uh, I listened to the first bit of this on Italian, on oh, the okay. Italian track with the subtitles. And the sound is a lot better than when you switch over to the English. And the English isn't even bad for... The English what, is what? not bad because it does sound like... I mean, it does match pretty close. Yeah. The subtitles were off more than the than the dialogue actually was, which leads me to believe there was more writing problems there because they were doing the subtitling off the script, I believe, because mm. it would be way different than some of the dialogue. I think my, a lot more detail. My favorite uh, writing problem was that this woman uh, sees the demon in the window, calls the police, freaking out, and then jumps out the window, and they're already out there. Yeah. The police are already out there. Luckily, we could trace the call. <laughs> yeah. The, the one in shades is uh, Michele Suavia. Yeah, yeah. I read that. I was pretty uh, impressed that he put himself front and center <laughs> at night with sunglasses. He's like, I got to look cool, man. I don't care what time of day it is. I'm wearing these. Yeah. But, yeah, that that was clearly something that uh, the police never show up that quick. Just, that and they, nobody ever gives her, gives the police their address. Right. You know. Yeah. Well, now they know where you are, but back then they didn't know where you were. Right. They can find you now. Yeah. They're already watching you. So uh, that's just my paranoia. So young Asia Argento is in this. Mm-hmm. Lotti. Lotti. Okay. Judging by her year of birth, I kind of did the math in my head real quick. She was probably around twelve when they made this, twelve or thirteen. Huh. Um, making a lot of the shit that happens to her character really inappropriate. <laughs> I mean, it would have been appropriate if she was. 16 or 17 but it was really inappropriate mm-hmm. and, yeah very uncomfortable and not, I just chalk that up to being Italian <laughs> they're just dirty <laughs> come on you guys admit it you're just dirty like that <laughs> but, no seriously like uh, I, I don't know it's like there's the the leering gaze of the characters but there's an even worse leering gaze of the camera mm-hmm. it's like do we really need to be looking at her legs this much, you guys, from this angle? Are you sure? Because I'm... Well, I got the point. 
you know, I, I, I know what this shot's about. I, I get that the guy's leering at her. Do we have to leer at her, too? Yeah. Apparently, we have to sit here and no. leer. On her, in her dad's movies, she goes further than that. Oh, yeah. 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 So that tells you everything you need to know about her dad. Yeah, he, he's an old perv. Yeah, he's he's been very fond of, uh, of just really leering at his daughter with the camera while... She, Whilst, shower. <laughs> whilst making her shower or have sex or what have you. So um, that was my biggest problem with this movie mm-hmm. was this. And then the writing was clearly not very uh, um, figured out. Uh, other than that, I really enjoyed it. It looks fun. You know, it looks good. It, it's fun as far as like uh, watching this crazy shit the characters get up to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the medieval part at the beginning I'm just thinking, oh, what? this is not good. These guys are dressed way too much like the clan. Yeah. You know. Um, I didn't understand the basket face thing. Basket face, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what was basket face about? I mean, yeah. it turned out it was her, but... Yeah, and then she reincarnates to be the exact same person. So... And then where are they at the end? Are they in New York? Where were they? I think it's... In Hamburg. Oh, okay. City. It's one of those North German ports. But this this movie li- like ties the Teutonic Knights in with the Nazis. Oh, so you get like, Nazi okay. imagery like the, the pit of corpses and then later yeah. they, they refer back to the, the Nazis having used the Teutonic imagery. And, oh, uh, okay. Yeah. And, and then setting it in a German city. Yeah. There's a bit of, a bit of that legacy going on in it. I want to know who dug the pit. It was just sort of like, uh, here's this giant pit that uh, is way bigger and way deep, deeper than it needs to be for a mm-hmm. mass grave. And clearly, uh, these knights had a bulldozer. Yeah. Some earth-moving equipment, anyway. They had a good old-fashioned digging party. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you if you want pizza and beer, you grab a shovel. Mm-hmm. That's how this works. You earn your weight in beer for how much you dig. The trick is they yeah. clock you with the shovel and throw you in the pit. Yeah. They never have to give you any pizza. Or beer. Oh, it's on its way. It's on its way. <laughs> it's good stuff, too. It's not blackjack. Yeah, just, just go wait, <laughs> wait 600 years. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what What did somebody call that pizza? The best of the worst? <laughs> the best of the worst. What is that? Blackjack yeah. pizza. Yeah, I had one of those ones. <laughs> once mm, once i regret it to this day um the uh the video place that i got the demon series from in japan it was like around the corner from where i was staying and uh there's a pizza place right next to it and they had the best roast chicken pizza ever hmm and it's just nothing like it ever had ever ever since but oh, man. every time we'd go in we'd have to argue out argue them out putting mayonnaise on top oh yeah because that's like no this is how it's done yeah it's like uh, yeah yeah this is how you make a pizza no no well that's how you make it for everyone else but when you get to that last bit just stop just Just stop stop. don't put that on you don't want that on (laughs) but it's great apart from that did they make unagi pizza no really because that would totally make sense to me 
Not in this place, anyway. Oh, yeah. Because you know how they lay out anchovies, you know, sort of in a line mm-hmm. radiating from the middle? <laughs> Do that with Unagi, man. That would be the best. Mm-hmm. If you're going to put... It would be good. Yeah. If you're going to put something fish-related on a pizza. So, uh... Oh, this is a great... I mean, uh, Hokkaido is great for seafood. That... that um, these crab restaurants where they had this huge mechanical crab which is like animated robot thing that goes up and down the wall oh, that's cool <laughs> yeah that's that youtube awesome. gold man you got to get back there and shoot a little video of that all right so um so we got the crusader buckethead clansmen looking dudes we got basket face we get through all this the part I forgot to mention was the pervy guy that showed them the way to where the, the witch was. Kind of had the Marty Feldman from Young Frankenstein look going on. Mm-hmm. Isn't he um, Giovanni de Ribisi, whatever his name is? I have no he, idea. The dad of the actor? He's called John Morgan. He's in there somewhere. Huh. He was in Cannibal Ferox and Cannibal Apocalypse. Wow stuff like that he's all about the cannibals oh yeah he was in a house by the edge of the park i mean all the really extreme italian horror movies of the 80s he played really um really sleazy and pervy uh, as he's leading them into the cave right i thought he was gonna like do something to them i don't know like i don't know what but anyway uh so this thing uh oh man there's just so so much weird stuff like uh like the dude gets his hands possessed, sort of like Evil Dead Two. Mm-hmm. Now Evil Dead Two had already come out, so yeah. that was eighty seven. This was probably filmed in eighty eight. Man, people with possessed hands might have been a thing. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we got to use that. One of the writers is like, "Hey, I saw Evil Dead Two. We got to use this." Yeah. And then, uh, good thing that um, Lisa had a giant chrome lighter. Oh God, yeah. So he could use it to read read the parchment. So those are a few things that I kind of enjoyed about the movie. Yeah, yeah. It's like the first time in bed, and he he, he like he's paying attention to a lighter and figures out the code and leaps out of bed. Yes. Yeah, that that must have done a lot for her ego. Yeah. And then she still likes him afterwards. And the the uh, the bride that dress. Did you catch the weird shoulder pad kind yeah. of flourishes on that thing? I mean, I know they were all about the shoulder pads at the time, but wow. It's like, where do you park your DeLorean? Holy shit. <laughs> Actually, that would be a good place for a DeLorean, wouldn't it? Italy? I mean, John DeLorean, that would be a scene. Probably. <laughs> Did you hear they recalled all the DeLoreans? They recalled them. Yeah, they were they were sucking the white lines off the road. Uh, <laughs> man, I love a timely DeLorean joke. <laughs> that thing was hilarious like 25 years ago. Longer than that, 35 years ago, maybe longer. It's been a long time since a DeLorean joke's been funny. You see children, John DeLorean, who invented the DeLorean automobile. Did a lot of coke. Did a lot of coke and got busted for it. I think that might have been his undoing as far as the car company. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Wasn't he hiding it in the cars when they were oh, being shipped? That's probably what was happening. We should read up on that and do a show on it. <laughs> on the DeLorean? Yeah. Okay. It'll, it'll, it'll be a non-horror... Uh, uh, History of the DeLorean. Yeah. Yeah, call it Back to the 80s or something. 
Yeah, we don't yeah. have to say alleged shit because he got convicted of that. Yeah. <laughs> he did it. He put that coke in those cars and he brought those cars over here. Anywho, um, yeah. The, the gaze of this movie itself really sexualizes a young girl. We already covered that. Um, and then you put a bunch of school children in danger. That was kind of awesome, too. Yes. They never seemed to be in danger, though. They got possessed, didn't they? They did get possessed, and they... they talked about Nietzsche. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Which was probably one of the better parts of the movie, the two kids discussing Nietzsche. I... <laughs> And I only got that because that's what they say on the on the subtitles and the dialogue itself. You don't get that I no. mean, unless you've read Nietzsche. It was a nihilist high hilarious. school, <laughs> or middle, middle school, I guess. Nihilist middle school, exactly. What are they teaching kids in in Italy or Germany or wherever this takes place? Not to believe in anything. Um, so Lottie's dad was basically insane and dismissive. By the time she comes back in from one of her adventures and he tries to wash her mouth out with soap. Mm-hmm. Was he supposed to be possessed at this point? Or is he just being an yeah, asshole? Yeah, he's possessed after he's attacked by whatever, the what? librarian. Yeah. Uh, down in the catacombs. But he's not possessed before that when he goes looking for her, as far as I know. I didn't make notes about the um, severed head soccer game, but that that could very well have been my favorite part of the movie. Polo game, yeah. I guess it was more like polo. It was polo. I did laugh quite hard when her head came off. Uh (laughs) I can still kick you. Suicide by jackhammer, another favorite moment. Mm -hmm. That was hard to tell what was going on though. (laughs) Yeah, because he ran down there, and it was like, wait, where did he get the jackhammer from? Those dudes from the first part of the movie. Well, the second part of the movie. But he didn't seem to be down there before. And, you know, those things, uh, they have to be hooked up to a compressor, which has to be plugged in and running. And Yeah. It, uh, it, I don't know, man. It seemed like bad editing. And then he showed up later after <laughs> the teacher got stabbed in the head. <laughs> when he has the gate. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, is he a ghost? They don't really explain it. That's a good that's a good kill, though. Like a, it is a good kind of kill. Yellow terms, like she's fumbling for her glasses, and just as she gets the glasses on and goes into focus, wham! Yeah, yeah. No, it was a good kill, and she got a great close up. the The woman had a very pretty face, so mm-hmm. she deserved a good close up, even though she was dying and her glasses were falling off of her face. But uh, she looked great dying. Yes, yes, you know, yes. You got that going for you. Yeah, uh, I'm wow. sure she'd be glad to know. God, you know, the more we talk about this movie, the more it sounds like a totally disjointed shit show. <laughs> Almost like it was. <laughs> yeah, you got the severed head polo match. You got the... Yeah, yeah. The pervy Why did the one guy... He has his helmet. Why did he have the big giant horseshoe bits coming off his helmet? Was that... Did he have a harp that went there? There, there weren't bunny ears, maybe? Is that just something to grab a hold of? That could be. I'm not well, sure you why twist they... his helmet around on his head, and then he can't see. Well, if you're riding on the back, I think that's where you hold on. Oh, maybe. <laughs> Real high handlebars. And you get signals from beyond. <laughs> maybe. From beyond. See, he put the title of the movie in the movie. <laughs> these, are, these are all crusaders, you know. Well, it, like, 
they're called the Teutonic Knights in this movie, and mm-hmm. there's the, the Knights Templar as well. That you know they show up in several European horror movies. Yeah, yes, like especially the Blind Dead series. Yeah, but yeah, that's an interesting history. Yeah, and a lot of it's veiled in secrecy, so you can only believe so much of its well, actual yeah, truth. Well, yeah, because they got massacred by the church. Yeah, the church didn't want those dudes around. Well, well the, I've the, seen their work in this, <laughs> and it seemed less than honorable. The uh, <laughs> what I'm, with the head polo all. <laughs> well, basically, the the church, uh, several of the big figures in the church at the time were massively in debt to the ah, okay. this organization, so they declared them heretics and and uh, had them massacred ah well that's one way to take care of your debts you know just kill the people who are your creditors mm-hmm. um i forgot to mention that the um the suicide by jackhammer uh that's the vibrations that set off this rube goldbergian device that's built into the church right <laughs> so like, yes we learn that like this big cathedrals. boot comes out of the wall and kicks somebody <laughs> in the ass and knocks him down a chute and <laughs> revolves around and ancient cathedrals have a self-destruct switch we yeah. learn that the third switch <laughs> the third switch so yeah that was a fun to watch yes i'm thinking of all the stuff you spent your money on leave this device out and spend it on your writers. Give them an extra week. I don't know what came first. <laughs> the idea that this whole church is like one, you know, is rigged to trap, for this trap to go off at some point. Yeah, it seems like a bad idea, doesn't it? And then demons appear. You know, that, that sounds like an idea they would have had early on. Like, okay, this is Demons 3. We're going to trap people in the church. And yeah. these demons come out. We need to open the How floor up. How do we trap up? them? Oh, the whole thing's a trap. Yeah. Open the floor up, get the demons mm-hmm. through the floor, into the room with everyone. Mm-hmm. That's what we need to happen. How do we get that? How do we get there from here, people? That's what we need to know. <laughs> okay, so the, a guy has a jackhammer. Now, this is before dry erase boards, wasn't it? Because I'm yeah. picturing the writer's room. They had, probably had a chalkboard. Uh-huh. They probably had different colors of chalk. So you could, like, maybe put maybe. really good ideas in, like, yellow. <laughs> you know, maybe the less awesome ideas. And I don't know. They've had dry erase boards for quite a while maybe they did have them back the late then. 80s i think and they did yeah we should look that because classrooms soon. had them by the early 90s yeah you're, you're probably right I'm, I'm just remembering things like a like a granddad well we still had chalk. <laughs> well, they still chiseled <laughs> all the storyboards out at clay tablets where's my parchment uh, speaking of old people uh how about this old couple Oh, yeah. The old, the old lady kept saying groovy and fab. Fab. I've got a fab idea. Yeah. That was great. How did her husband's head come off? Mm-mm. We don't know. <laughs> no, and she's just beating she, the, she's bell just with it. the bell with it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I didn't miss anything. I was like, <laughs> do I keep falling asleep during this? I'm, I'm watching it in the day. I'm not yeah. tired. But I keep... you see them go up the stairs to the bell tower. Uh-huh. The next time you see them, she's, she's, she's whacking, whacking the bell <laughs> with his severed head. Now, do we do we blame the writers? Because I don't think we do. I think we blame the editors at this point. I, I think we blame their marriage. <laughs> yeah. If anything. You was know. that her fab idea? I think it might have been. He complained a lot, you know. Yeah. He did complain a lot. You know, they, they, they're they working up to the punchline where someone says, well, that face rings a bell. 
<laughs> but they just never got to it. I know. Oh, man. It's sitting there. It's a sitting duck. It's quacking. Come on. These jokes write themselves. Somebody say it. Well, speaking of ducks, why'd they throw the dead duck in the body pile? <laughs> At the beginning yeah, of the movie. Yeah, there's a horse goes in there. Uh, yeah, it, the horse falls in. There's some, oh, the people are coming back alive. And then somebody picks up a duck and whips its dead body right on top of these I, I imagine there's someone on their way with a barrel of cilantro and yeah. carrots. Mm. <laughs> uh, Bit of chile. Okay, uh, one of the schoolboys. Did you notice that his, his voice sounded like one of the voice actors from the Charlie Brown cartoons? No, I didn't, but I had a hard time paying attention to the kids. Oh, man, watch that part back. And he sounds just like one of the kid actors, the voice actors from the Charlie Brown cartoons. I mean, I would not be surprised if that's who did the voiceover work, was one of those kids. Yeah. It's just like, man, you are ready. You just They re- just got regular kids to do those voices. That's why they sound like that. Yeah, like normal kids who can't act, just like yeah. the voice actors from Charlie Brown. Um, let's see. Uh, crazy guy tries to stab the bride with a gate, but the teacher gets it instead. We covered that. Father Gus gets exposition from the old bishop that the whole church is designed to collapse. And then after all his exposition, he jumps to his own death. He's kind of pushed, falls. Yeah, they have a struggle, don't they? And he falls off onto a gargoyle or something. I I thought he threw himself more than anything, but I guess maybe I should have... It looked more like he was kind of struggling... I don't know. I don't think you could convict him in court. I, I like that actor who's playing the young priest, uh, Hugh Corshi. I've yeah. seen him in a bunch of things. At the risk of sounding too protective over Lottie, I want to know why she was out at the disco. <laughs> that wasn't a school dance. She's 13. Yeah, she's running she's wild. she's Italian. <laughs> yeah, so it's yeah. basically, here's your smokes. We'll see you after here's the disco. Here's your Vespa. You're right. Bye. Ciao. <laughs> yeah, that's. I'm sorry. Ciao. Ciao, Bella. Go there to the disco. Go. You go to disco. You smoke cigarettes. You come back. Ciao. Yeah, so that happened. Just anyone can walk into a disco at any age, apparently. Sure. I remember European girls being more advanced than I was used to in England. Oh, yeah. I could see that happening. And you're like, wait a minute. Uh, You guys are moving way too fast. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to say too much there because that's, again... We saw too much of that in this movie. Um, I was a kid at the time, I hasten to add. Oh, okay. Yes, of course. I mean, it's like, yeah, I don't even want to go there. (laughs) I was going to say something awful, and it's like, I think I say enough awful things in the course of a day. I don't need to say one more. Um, So uh, the bride freaks out looking in the mirror, and then she looks old and then tears her face off. And I'm thinking, okay, Poltergeist did this, right? Mm. Everybody wanted to tear a face off in a movie. (laughs) At the time. Yeah. I think that's what was going on there. But... I called this the Star Trek trope because <laughs> I remember uh, Lieutenant Yohora at least twice had this vision of being really old and it was like the most horrible thing she could imagine. And now she's older than that. And now she's older than that. We won't go into that, but... Uh, she looks fine. It just always seemed like what a weird thing to stick with her character. <laughs> Did you ever hear the story that uh, Martin Luther King Jr. told her to stick with it? She was going to leave the show. Yeah, because she wasn't getting enough screen time. And he was like, "Uh, yeah, but you're doing great stuff for black people, so stick around, just do it. And she did. So 
Wow. Martin Luther King Imagine Jr. if she'd left the show and he had had to kiss Chekhov. <laughs> yeah. How different history would have been. And Sulu would be like, well. <laughs> wow. Oh, I'm right here. <laughs> Still in the room. <laughs> so anyway, uh, uh, well, finally, someone was worried for Lottie, other than me. Uh, Father Gus was worried about her. And he asked how she got into the building after her... Um, latest whatever adventure she was up to totally unsupervised yeah uh, smoking two cigarettes at once riding a vespa through the middle of a disco yeah um she uh oh yeah real quick here <clears throat> um lisa Fug goes to find evan and then for some weird reason takes off all her clothes and walks away no explanation for that just <laughs> walks off naked mm-hmm. and then she has to lie down on some slab. stone slab <laughs> okay good i didn't miss another part <laughs> you're wondering how, how it got once there once again i was like wait you're, oh, okay well. you're wondering how it got there she walked she walked <laughs> that's how that happened um and then this cult sort of assembles and they have a ritual that has to be improv right i mean they did, i don't think they had time for a rehearsal no probably not well, okay. to do is stand around watching yeah they just inherently know, or they improved it, and it seemed right. Some dude paints some symbols on the girl, and they're chanting something, and it's like, well, what's going to happen next? Oh, yes, a demon's going to get on her. Okay, yeah, that's that's cool. And then Gus and Lottie walk by, and kind of, they don't even double take. They look over and see it and keep walking. Huh. They're like, oh, sucks to be you. Thursday. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, ciao. Ciao. <laughs> so there was that. But Father Gus was worried for her, and uh, he asked how she got into the church. And she's like, oh, there's a secret tunnel, and that's how I got in the church. Which, if it's a way in, it's a way out, right? Everybody could have left. Good figure. Yeah. I mean, nothing had collapsed there yet. Everybody could have left. Mm-hmm. And that's not what happened. But they were infected by them. Oh, yeah, they were all out of their whatever minds. Possession. Yeah, the pestilence. Or whatever they called it. The pestilence, yes. Yes. If the pestilence should reappear is is why the architect built the self-destruct feature into the cathedral. Yeah. And I'm not sure there was a problem before the knights showed up in the first place. Everybody seemed fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they showed up and did a mass murder and chucked everybody in a mass grave. And stuck a massive cross on it. Uh-huh. And then stuck a building on it where they have mass. Yeah. So a lot of mass. A lot of mass. So that's, uh, let's see, goat demon humping Lisa, crowd watching. Cross falls through the floor, revealing a pit. Now this did look great, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we got that. The cross did a lot of stuff. Yeah. It did like 10 different moves. It, was, it, it, it had some game. Just saying. Um yeah, they they drop it on the on the uh, I guess concrete or whatever it is they cover the mass grave with, and after that it, it had a lot of stuff going on that didn't look like part of its original construction or design. No. So there's that. Um, anyway, Gus does trip the self-destruct switch, and the place starts to crumble. Yeah. Then we go to what New York or 
Hamburg, yeah. we're told. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was New York. I felt like... I just assume any Italian film that's going to show a big city, it's going to be New York. It's, it's, Even though it has nothing to do with Italy. You were magically transported to the beginning of uh, Zombie, right? Zombie, any of those. That's it's where my mind went. It's always going to have a, a, a scene in New York. Yeah. Just so part of the crew can go to New York. They're like, we love it here. Film. This is great. Without permit. Oh, yeah. It's like permits. Hey, we let our 13-year-old daughters smoke and ride Vespas and go to the disco. You think we're going to get a permit for this for the shit? For movie. <laughs> right. Not in real life. They would never do that. They have to be at least 14 for that stuff. So. Um, yeah. And so I don't know if she's the basket face of old or. Well, same actress plays her, so I'm assuming. Yeah. But is she still herself when. When she smiles at the end yeah. looking down at whatever. Oh, you, you were asking if she's if she's become who she was before the reincarnation. Yeah, or something. What do you think, Jillian? Well, the, the, the blue light appears from the hole and it's cast on her face and the blue light signifies the evil oh, yeah. forces. Yeah, I think in America it would have been red or green. Yeah, I mean, definitely in, in China it would be green. Yeah. They use a specific kind of spring green for oh, supernatural nice. presence. But in this movie, it's blue light. See, that's the kind of efficiency communism can give you. <laughs> so you have a specific color for evil presence, <laughs> supernatural going-ons. Yeah, you know? know where you are. Exactly. I want to know exactly. <laughs> are there demons afoot? So if, if this... <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. That's not the right color shade of green. <laughs> if, there's a, if they worked out a script, properly from the start mm -hmm. this would have been much more interesting because there's, there's this kind of interesting subtext of like the uh the suppressed so-called evil is basically women yeah <laughs> like the the massacre at the start is mostly women yeah and then she's you know she's <clears throat> the she carries it forward into the present where where female sexuality is being repressed or huh. threatened and uh, and then you know it, it erupts, but uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't come through because, as you say, you know, it's, it's a mess. It's a total mess. <laughs> it's too bad. But it's a fun mess. If, I enjoyed this. If you like, uh, if you like the the flourishes in this, and you think, mm -hmm. oh, that's interesting, you know, um, I recommend checking out his other movies, like Stage Fright, aka Aquarius. Uh, the one most people like is Cemetery Man. Right. Okay, I've seen Cemetery Man. That's really fun. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Uh, the Sect. Um, yeah, um, yeah, check out his other movies, definitely. Cool. So how many times have you seen this one, you think? Half a dozen? No, three or four times, I think. All right. I'm gaining on you. I've seen it twice. I saw it. So I saw it as Demon 3. Right. And then I think I saw it again in England and then I saw it again I, when I got it on DVD here because it was uncut right you don't need all the botched up stuff yeah like you don't get the the bit where he, he pulls out his own heart yeah I was gonna mention that earlier like uh, I was like oh I haven't seen that before <laughs> yeah that doesn't go anywhere either 
it's like he's running around later and I wanted him to drop his heart to the floor and it goes scurrying <laughs> off like a small animal. Well, it's kind of like it's, he he has this perverse Messiah thing going on with him because like he's uh, he 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 basically restages the crucifixion. Yeah. Right? And then he takes you know he's he's got the exposed heart and stuff like that. Yeah. They they love the imagery of those Catholics. Well, and he did say it's, something. Isn't that so, Richard? Yeah, that is true. Yes, I, I can say from having been there and done that. Um, he does say earlier in the movie that, uh, hey, maybe there's something in there that could turn the finder of such thing into a, a, su- a Superman, a god, or some shit like that. Yeah, and as as you were saying before, like he's like the world's worst most disinterested archivist yeah yeah he treats books like shit he folds yeah. one of them around backward at one right. point i watched him do that and i'm thinking you really suck at this yeah you're terrible but uh what's her name was supposed to be you know some sort of archivist too she's working on that painting she didn't mm-hmm. seem to care yeah. no. she's knocking shit <laughs> over and plaster throwing plaster she didn't care <laughs> that's how that stuff got into such but, bad shape in europe yeah. So like when he arrives at the church, he's like, he, he turns up late because he's overslept. He's not. They've got all these ancient books, and he's he's like looking at the keyhole instead of the books. And then he find he gets hold of this like ancient bit of writing. Yeah. And he just sticks in his pocket and pulls yep. it out when they're in the car. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, look he's what I found. Smoking over yeah, it. Smoking. Just... <laughs> and, and on top of all this, he looks like John Boy Walton. Yeah. Well. I don't know, not John Boy the character, but Richard Thomas. So uh, that happened. Overall, though, it was fun. Mm -hmm. I sat through it twice, Will. I don't know about you. (laughs) It was once enough. Once was enough. Yeah. Um, I actually would recommend this to the right person. I wouldn't recommend it to everybody. How about you guys? I wouldn't recommend this. I'd watch something else. (laughs) Yeah, what? I wouldn't recommend it as the first Italian movie. Watch or, a zombie. Or a Swabi movie or anything. You know, it's like, you know, watch it if you're into, you know, if you like, if you if you enjoyed this, then check out this. Right. Yeah. So the reason we ended up here watching this movie is because we had to pick something from 1989. Yeah. And unless we follow Will's contention that 1990 is the last year of the 80s. We could be done with this. We're done, I think. Okay, we don't need to do a 1990 movie. So what else was in 89 that uh, we liked? There was nothing in 89. Oh, a like bunch of people. shit sequels, man. There was, was like part three. Terrible parts three, shocker. four, and five. Uh, Godzilla vs. Barlanti. I enjoyed that. Shocker yeah, yeah, was, it, it was bad all fun. Like, like Elm Street 5 and yeah. Yeah. Yes. No, thank you. whatever 5. Yeah. Yeah, Sleepaway Camp 3 and mm-hmm. uh, Halloween 5, The Curse of Michael Myers, like a bunch of <laughs> bunch of stuff that's just uh, obviously a cash grab mm-hmm. and nothing else. I mean, they didn't they clearly didn't care as much as the audience cared about the source material mm-hmm. on a lot of those movies. Yeah. I don't feel like uh, I have any fear of uh, contradiction on that one. That's just how that one is. Mm. But. I had fun with this one. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a charm to Italian horror movies. Yeah. And with the, with the right, uh, with the right crew of people working on them, you know, it's just some uh, interesting things will happen. And when they decide to throw writing and continuity and editing out the window and just, uh, you know, it's a movie. What are we going to do? 
then this is what you get. And so be it. <laughs> so be it. So what do you want to do next then? Yeah. I don't know what's next. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything new that that we would uh, newer anyway. Anything newer than like thirty years ago? I don't know what's come out recently. Anything? Um, we'll have to think about it and decide. Okay. All right. Yeah. We'll uh, maybe we'll for once pop it up on Instagram and Facebook and say, "Hey, here's your warning. This is what we're going to watch next time." Yeah. Because we've been so consumed with this, like getting through the '80s. We did it though. We we decided to do it and we did it. For better or worse. Through the '90s. (laughs) That'll be interesting. Trying to find good stuff. Maybe we should do a best of. I'm not watching Lawnmower Man again. I'll tell you that much. No, life is too short to sit through that. (laughs) That turkey. (laughs) I saw that in the theater. Maybe we should do the best of the '90s. Yeah, try and find good stuff in the night. No, maybe like we could each pick a couple that we liked or something. Okay. Best of the 90s. And then we could just be done with the 90s in one show. <laughs> then one of us will suggest something about the 2000s, and it's like, come on. All right. Well, anything else before we get out of here? Denver Comic Con so. is this weekend. By the time our listeners hear this, it'll yes, be over. Yes, I imagine I'll spend most of my time fighting off Famke Janssen. Yeah, more than likely. Yeah. Maybe John Cusack will come to your rescue. That's right. Maybe uh, there will be some bully that he could beat in a downhill ski race or something, you know, to restore your honor. Something like that will happen. All right. Well, that it? That's it. Thank you for listening. Stay off the moors. All right.